Well, uh, this morning I am going to speak on what I spoke on Wednesday night. <laughs> so Cliff and, uh, and um, Glenda heard, heard this, <laughs> but not all of it. I, um, of course, my wife says every time I could preach the same sermon every week and be different every time. So, um, but the, 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 the title of the message they gave me to speak on on Wednesday night for the community services, what does the cross mean to God? What does the cross mean to God? Now, it, it, there's a number of things that we have to look at for this, and uh, they didn't give you a text. This, usually they give you a text that you have to speak from for the community and Lenten services. But this time they just gave, me, gave you a title. And I really thought that was quite a challenge. What does the cross mean to God? And immediately I... Um, from one perspective, what does the cross mean to God? Absolutely nothing. Because what does God have to do for himself? Nothing. But what, what does the cross mean to God? Everything. Because the cross is what speaks to us of his love for us. And that God's um, not willing that any should perish, but all should come to repentance. So God's perspective of the cross is everything. Now, whenever we are looking at this, and I was thinking, oh, well, the first scripture that came to my mind was Hebrews 11.1, 1, that faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not yet seen. And when I think of faith, um, you know, faith is the substance, and, but really, what is the substance of our faith? What is the substance of faith? Most of the time, we th whenever we think of faith, we think of belief. We think of believing. Well, what is it that you believe? Well, we're, you know, often we, we pray and you're, you're taking a, a text or something from the Bible and you are, you know, let the, you know, if there's any sick among you, let them call for the elders of the church and let them pray for, you know, pray for them and God will save their soul and heal and there's healing in it. So we find that we use that word and we use that as a foundation of our faith. But one thing, as uh, I was thinking about this, what is the substance of faith? So, um, whenever you start putting together the substance, um, you know, the substance of our faith is Jesus Christ. Okay? Whenever you go back to all the different, the different texts in First um, Peter, uh, let's go back to Acts 22, 2.22 through 24, Men of Israel, hear these words, Jesus of Nazareth, a man attested by God to you by miracles and wonders and signs which God did through him in your midst, as you yourselves also know, him being delivered by the determined counsel and foreknowledge of God. So for us, we understand that, um, I think the one scripture is in John, it says, before the beginning, the one translation says, before the beginning began, there was God. So, we're going to use this as the imaginary place of eternity past. Creation has not started yet. You know, there's nothing the, the, the first day and then it hasn't started yet. So in the eternity past, there is God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Now, one of the things is the substance of faith is Jesus Christ. Jesus is the Word made flesh and dwelt among us. The Word never changes. The Word 
Bible says, heaven and earth will pass away, but my word will never pass away. So before the earth was created, the word existed. <laughs> Jesus, the living word, he existed. He is. The word is. The word is alive and active and sharper than any two-edged sword. So before creation ever started, Jesus is the sacrifice for sin. Before there was ever creation, before there was the Garden of Eden, God in the foreknowledge and in the, what is it called here? Um, the determined counsel and foreknowledge of God. Before that existed, you know, I mean, that's an eternity past foreknowledge of God. Now, sometimes it's hard for us to imagine, some, you know, foreknowledge has a, oh, a lot of ideas behind it. Um, one type of foreknowledge is the idea that you don't have a choice, that God has determined what your life is and you just have to live it out. We believe that you have a choice. Where there is choice, there is uh, making decisions. Now, I, I like the illustration that you go into a banquet hall. There's a thousand seats in this banquet hall. And, you know, all of them have the plates and the tra trappings and so on for this big dinner. And at every place, there is a name tag. But the name tag's turned upside down. <laughs> so you go around the banquet hall, and you choose a place to sit down. And when you sit down, you turn the name tag over, and it's your name. <laughs> you made the choice, God knew what it would be. <laughs> now, in that foreknowledge, we have this understanding that God knows, this, he knows what's going to happen with his creation. But he cr makes his creation, with the, he, he creates us to be a living soul, he creates us to walk with him, and, to, and as friend with friend. You know, in the Old Testament, we have, um, what's his name? <laughs> Enoch walked with God, and he was not, for God took him. So he was walking with God as a friend with friend. In the Garden of Eden, what do we have? We had Adam, Adam and Eve in the garden. God comes down in the cool of the day and walks with them. So they are in this relationship with, with God, and, and they're in a relationship with him that hey, this is us, and this is God, and, you know, they don't, it's, it's, it's good. And the whole place, it's a perfect place. They only have one command. Don't eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Don't eat of it. Well, they broke the command, and, and you know, thus we have sin. But before the beginning began, the word existed in the scripture, the Bible says, without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. Jesus knew, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit knew that in the events of time, man would sin, and God's desire was to create, but, and, and you know, back here, he should have changed his mind. <laughs> you know, if God, if God didn't want people to make choices, he cho should have changed his mind back here. But you see, the word of God exists from eternity past to eternity future. Because heaven and earth will pass away, but my word will never pass away. So the substance of our faith is Jesus Christ. The substance of everything that we believe 
I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. <laughs> that without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. So that God in his foreknowledge knew all of these events would take place, but yet determined before mankind ever was created, he would be the sacrifice for our sin. So what does the cross mean to God? It means that God is not willing that any should perish, that anyone should be removed from his presence because of their failures, their sins. God does not want anyone to be removed from his book of life. He is not willing that any should perish, but some people choose to not believe. It's like, well, they choose to believe that God doesn't exist. Every person is given a measure of faith. We all, everybody has, has faith, all right? So what do we do with that faith? Some people don't believe there's a God, so they take their measure of faith and they throw it in the camp of there is no God. That's what I believe 100%. <laughs> Took the faith that God gave them and they turned it to something else. Now, for those who believe, we have taken the measure of faith that God has given us and we begin to put our faith in the word, the scripture, the text, the, the word of God, we begin to see how that God, from the beginning, in creation and through the calling of Abraham and all of that, you see, Abraham, he heard the word. He heard the word. Go to a land that I will show you. And when you get there, I'll tell you you're there. <laughs> so he was moved by the word, what he, what he heard, what God spoke to his heart. Same as with us. We're moved by the word, what the scripture says to our hearts and minds, that, that uh, he who has begun a good thing in, thing in us will complete it. He says to us that I will never leave you nor forsake you. I'll never abandon you. All we like sheep have gone astray. But God is the shepherd who is looking for the sheep. So we see all of these things. Nothing is impossible to him who believes. So that our faith is based on the substance of the person of Jesus Christ. And this substance of who Jesus is, is the word. Whenever we study the word, the word is alive and active, sharper than a two-edged sword. So the scriptures are not just a book, not just words on a page. This is, this is, <laughs> this is the eternal word that existed before there was creation. <laughs> now, God doesn't have... Um, God doesn't remember the past. God doesn't see into the future. God has all knowledge. All knowledge is before God at the same time. So he doesn't see the past. He doesn't see in the future. It's all knowledge. Okay? It's, it's right there. It's, <laughs> every day is not a day. It is part of the knowledge of God. So when God gives to us a word of knowledge from the Spirit, he is letting us in on insights that we would never be able to see. We would be, never be able to know unless the Spirit shows it to us. See, that's a gift from God. So when God tells us and expresses to us in his word that it doesn't, it doesn't matter what our sins are, it doesn't matter how much we failed, it matters that we get up and we confess 
and we ask Christ for strength to go on. And the God who knows our future, <laughs> who knows the decisions that we will make, is helping us and preparing us with strength and understanding of his scripture so that we will make correct decisions to take us to the place that God wants us to be. He who has begun a good work in you will complete it before Christ returns. So each of us then have a destiny, but our choices determine our destiny. So what does the cross mean to God? It means that he loves us so much, he loves you and I individually so much, he would have died just for you if you were the only one. He died for his creation, not the planet. Heaven and earth are going to pass away. He died for the people, the living soul. And you and I as a living soul then receive the word of God. We receive Jesus Christ into our life. And when we receive Jesus Christ into our life, all things are possible to him who believes. The word, Christ, speaks to us. He speaks to us through the scriptures. And as he speaks to us through the scriptures, we are inspired. We have a knowledge. We have a knowledge that if I live or die, I belong to God. Nothing can separate me from God. All the difficulties that come into my life doesn't matter. God is going to see me through. You see, this is the substance of our belief. Now, um, substance. <laughs> The pew you're sitting on has substance. <laughs> it's substance. Its molecular structure is so dense that, you know, you can sit on it. If there were no substance to the pew, you'd be on the floor. <laughs> you know, can I get up now, Pastor? No. <laughs> yeah. The pew, you have substance. So our belief, our belief in Christ and our knowledge of the Scripture is that secure. So whenever we believe that we are secure in Christ, it means that nothing can, we are safe, we are secure, that we're sitting on the pew and we're secure. Now, if you sit there for a couple hundred years and it rots, well, that's different. But for right now, and where we are, we, we have substance to our belief. And our substance is our faith. Now, um, our faith that we have in Jesus, you know, I... I you know, sometimes you watch these uh, Disney um, movies and things, and uh, I don't even have grand. I mean, my grandkids are even big and out of the uh, Disney realm, I guess. But in the movie Frozen, um, you know, and, and they always they're singing the songs. They're beautiful. Only believe, just believe. You know, it's almost like <laughs> whenever growing up in the church, the song "Only Believe," and. The idea was, or is, you're having a belief in your belief. But there is no substance to that belief that in the movie Frozen. It's just like believe in something good and something good will happen. Well, those are nice thoughts, but we don't have a belief in our belief. We have a belief and understanding in the substance of who Jesus Christ is. The miracles and his teachings and what he has shown to us the revelation that Christ has brought to our own minds and hearts, 
We don't know everything there is to know. We, we're just learning. And no matter how many years we've been studying, no matter how many years, we, we're still just scratching the surface. And God, the knowledge of God, is unfathomable. But we get little glimpses of it when God does something spectacular in our, in our midst, in our heart. We get these pictures. <laughs> you know, we get these understandings that I know that I know. Um, I know that there's heaven. I know that there's a place. <laughs> there's a place that God has prepared for us. Jesus says that, I go to prepare a place for you that where I am, there you may be also. So the substance of our belief is almost, I, sometimes I thought, I always thought of it in the, in the context of, you know, it's like this was written when Jesus was born and, you know, we have the Gospels and uh, then we, it is 30, age 30 and he's baptized by John the Baptist and the Spirit comes down on him like a, uh, like a dove and the Father says, this is my beloved Son in whom I, whom I am well pleased. Now, in that setting, he says to Jesus, this is my beloved son in whom, I, in whom I am well pleased. Did you notice? What has Jesus done to this point? Nothing. Sometimes we think of our, our, that God will be pleased with us if we do something. God, you know, if I go out and do something for God, he's happy. And if I don't do something for God, he's not happy. But the idea is he is pleased with Christ, and in our eyes, he hasn't done anything yet. He hasn't opened the blinded eyes. He hasn't fed 5,000. He hasn't walked on water. He hasn't changed the water into wine. He hasn't done any of this stuff. You know, maybe after that, Jesus could be, you know, God the Father say, well, pleased. But the substance of our belief and our substance of what we believe is in the word and the, how that word, the scripture, speaks to us. How that the scripture molds this place. You know, I think of um, the, the text that says uh, that God is the potter and we are the clay. Can the clay tell the potter how to make it? <laughs> you know? Did you ever tell God off because he made you the way you are? God, I don't like what you made here. You know, you could have made it a little better. You know, look at this person over here. They, they weigh 180 pounds and they got hair. Lord, why am I not like these people? <laughs> you know? I should be taller for my weight, you know? <laughs> you, know why didn't he, you know, why didn't you make me like Billy Graham, you know? I'm sure the world could use two of them. <laughs> You know, Billy Graham was funny. He was, uh, uh, there was a situation when he was in Europe, and uh, they, the reporters came up to him and said, uh, you know, don't you think it's a waste of money for you to come over here to our, to our continent and be preaching the gospel? You know, that Jesus walked everywhere he went, and he rode a donkey. And Billy Graham says, well, if you can find me a donkey that walks on water, I'll ride it over. <laughs> So he, he did have a sense of humor, you know. But um, so when God being all knowledge 
And that before the foundation of the world, he was chosen. Uh, verse 1 Peter 1.20 said, He was chosen before the foundation of the world, but was revealed at the end of times for you. The substance of our faith in God's provisions, <laughs> the substance of God's provisions for our failures is Jesus Christ. And you think about, uh, all right, when I was a kid, I mean, grew up in church, and you know, how many times you go to the altar, you know, when you're a kid growing up in church, and you know, you know it's like, got to get saved all over again, because you're going to burn in hell if you went outside the door, <laughs> and, and you weren't right with God, you, you were instantly going to hell, you know, so, so you always want to make sure you went out the door perfect, you know, so you had to get forgiven, and um, but the idea is in those experiences, from that moment, from the moment, of cons from the moment I was born till the last of my days that are out there, all the sins that I've ever committed, God knew them, but it didn't stop him from forgiving me and loving me way back then. So sin, the accumulation of all the sins, is not what God is looking at. He's looking at the heart and where we, where, where we stand with him now. And it doesn't matter how much we've failed. It matters, are we believing? Are we establishing our faith? The, you know, the, the foundation of our faith is Jesus Christ. The substance of our faith is Jesus Christ. And that what we hope for in this life is in Christ. The the end of life, whenever we die and enter into heaven, that, you know, our name is in the book of life, and Jesus, the accuser, the, there's the accuser of the, uh, of the brother, and the accuser is going to be there. Don't you know all their sins? Don't you know all the things they've done wrong? Jesus says, hold it. <laughs> They're mine. They're forgiven. You know, he who is the accuser, he doesn't have a word to say in the presence of God, because God has forgiven us. Um, so, in Acts chapter 2, Peter is speaking. He says, Men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man attested to by God in miracles and wonders and signs. See, you have all these things that are adding up to what the substance of what we believe. Not just because he was uh, the miracle worker, the wonders and the signs, but he was delivered by the determined counsel of God. So, before the beginning began... God is, and he is determined to be our sacrifice for our sin. God could not bear the thought of spending an eternity without you. So that's why he came for us. That's why he loves us. He who knew, he who knew no sin became sin. You know, there's two gardens Garden of Eden and the Garden of Gethsemane. In the Garden of Eden, you know, I don't know if you imagine what it would have been like to be Adam and Eve, that you would be in the garden walking with God. He's your friend. Who's your friend? Oh, my friend is God, you know. He's God, you know, God who created his place, breathed into us, made us a living being. He's my friend. <laughs> so, you know, we, we walk together, we talk together. 
But sin brought about a separation, and we know that Adam and Eve left the garden clothed in animal skins. So God created a covering for them. Not only a covering for their body, but the animal sacrifices was a covering for the sin of the people of the Old Testament until Christ came. In the Garden of Gethsemane, Jesus, <laughs> Jesus is there praying and he knows the full impact of what's about to take place. We see the struggle bef- between the humanity of Christ and the spiritual part uh, of, of his deity and who he is. And he has set aside his deity. And he is there and he says, Father, if it's possible, if it's possible. Now, Jesus knows that from way back here, before creation, he knows that this moment is coming. But still in the agony of that moment and the conflict of good and, you know, of his humanity and, his, and, and, and the spirit that needs to, that this must be accomplished, he says, Father, if it's possible, let this cup pass from me. See, he knows what it's like to be human. Just like sometimes we feel like, I don't think I can go on. I don't think I can do any more. I don't think I can, I can make it through this, this one more day. I, you know, those types of agonies that we go through and we, and Jesus says, but he said, nevertheless, not my will, but yours, Father, be done. His humanity surrendered to the spiritual call upon his life. The spiritual call that he had when he gave up his, put aside his deity. Fully God, fully man. So he died on the cross. His death, turning point of humanity. Because his blood that was shed on the cross is for the remission of sin. And Jesus, when he died, he led captivity captive, went backward in time into all those who were covered under the animal sacrifices. He led captivity captive to heaven. He went forward in time and to all who would confess their sins, he, that he would forgive them and they would be washed by the blood of the Lamb. The, re, the, the regenerative nature of the blood of Jesus Christ that washes us and cleanses us from all sin. That we never, and in this place of regeneration, in this place of spiritual renewal, spiritual change, God comes to us and he says, you're my son. We are joint heirs with Christ. We are one with the Father. Jesus says, as I am one with you and they are one with me, we're all one together. And we are then walking in, in our lives and God is walking with us. Hey, this is my friend. God says, hey, this is my child. And so whenever we pray, we pray the word. We speak of Jesus Christ and how he speaks to us. So we've been redeemed, purchased back, purchased back. We sold out. We sold ourselves to the devil in the garden. But Jesus bought us back. 
from our sins and our failures. And so I am redeemed means that the devil has no claim over me. We may have weaknesses and we may have difficulties of temptation and all those types of things, but God gives us the strength to overcome those things. It's no longer I that liveth, but Christ who lives in me. And so as Christ is living in me, I can pray. I can believe. I can pray for the things that, there, that God has for me in my life for my future that aren't here yet, so I can pray for those, the substance of things that are not here yet. The substance of my belief, of my faith, is Jesus Christ, who has given me the faith to believe for that which exists in the spiritual realm, that I can bring it into this realm. <laughs> Nothing is impossible. Nothing is beyond the action of God. Nothing is beyond what God can do in our life and for our families, for our nation, for our world. You know, in Sunday school we spoke about um, Nebuchadnezzar. You know, he was king and thought himself a god, but God gave him a dream that scared him to death. He wanted Daniel to come and interpret it. Well, we know there are rulers in our world that are not, a, they consider themselves gods and almost beyond what we would consider approachable because they have never listened to us. But you know what? God can give them a dream in the night that will scare them out of their minds because God can reveal to them where they're going. But for us, he can reveal to us who we are in him. And so our, our, our challenge, our challenge is to know that the substance of our faith, Hebrews 11, 1, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not yet seen. Faith is the substance, our, the substance of our faith is Jesus Christ. Right? The, he, is, he is the one that is hoped for. And that Jesus can feed the 5,000. Jesus can walk on water. Jesus can turn the water into wine. <laughs> See, the substance of the person we believe in Jesus Christ can fulfill all the things that his, his dreams in us hope for. So my faith, the substance of my faith, is something very real, Someone very real, someone very tangible, and his word speaks to my heart and gives me strength. Amen? That wasn't very loud. Amen. <laughs> Let's stand, shall we? Amen. <laughs> Jesus, we thank you that you are the substance of our faith. And God, your word speaks to our hearts in ways that only you can imagine. Because it speaks to us and gives us hope in the moment and hope for the future. It is the strong foundation, the rock of our salvation. It is the hope of our life, the eternal hope of our life. God, it is the peace that passeth all understanding. It is the one who heals all of our diseases. Your word, O oh God, is a light to our path. You are the potter, 
We are the clay. It is your hands that shape us. Let these thoughts be in you, which were also in Christ Jesus. Lord, you let our thoughts be managed by you. Lord, you're the beginning and the end, the first and the last, the Alpha and the Omega. You are the beginning and ending of our faith. All of these things speak to us of the substance of you, the person of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Jesus, for hearing our prayers. Thank you, Jesus, for giving us strength for each day. Thank you, God, for opening the doors before us and closing doors before us. Thank you, O God, for forgiving us of our sin. Give us strength, give us wisdom, understanding. Let your Holy Spirit just hover about us, around us, in us. Guide us, we pray, in the name of our Savior, Jesus Christ, we ask. Amen. God bless you.